2: Welcome inside Good Morning Football, presented by Ram Trucks, live in New York City. It's Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Jamie Erdahl, joined by... Uh Quarter of a dozen of Scarlet Knights and a couple of Super Bowl winners five times over. Jason McCordy, Dev McCordy, Sean O'Hara, and Dev's already got the Kyle Brant like bop to the beat when the music comes on. You feel yourself in that chair.
3: I love when I know you're about to hit the Super Bowl chant mm. from Rutgers. I just mm. think it has a great say it ring again. It. Yeah. yeah, right. It doesn't get old. <laughs> great ring to it. You know what I mean? He's I'm just he's it. a fan of the show. He knows what Kyle Brandt does when he's in that seat. So he's trying to. You know what? You
2: know what about. Kyle Brandt does? You got to move to the edge of that edge. chair. And sit on the last That camera of that
3: shows thing. where you're yeah. sitting. And people yeah, are concerned that he's going to fall
2: one day. And so you got to start buying and commit, commit well, to the edge of, of the chair. Fall.
3: And yeah, you might not be you're as right. You're right. swift and agile. That's and, true. Well, I'm not definitely fair. not as. He, he's.
4: That's not. true. We don't want anybody losing teeth. Right, here at that's the table.
2: true. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Tom Pellicero and Peter Schrager and in Indeed. Let's start with them. Deb, hit it with a. Believe that. Oh, they're very good. Lucas Oil Stadium, the home of the Combine this week. Uh, setting the stage for prospects to be assigned groups according to position and go through drills, throw, interview with GMs and coaches. And as Peter said, it's an NFL convention fest essentially. Everyone's got their name tag and they're wandering around there. And I know Tom Pelicero and Peter Schrager are all over the guys that are in those hallways. What's going on there now, guys?
5: Yeah, Jamie, great stuff. Uh, Here right now there's a buzz because the coaches that are going to be speaking to the media are starting to file in. We're going to have Sean Payton speaking in a little bit, Josh McDaniels in a little bit, Um, general managers will be speaking as well. But, Tom, there's also a buzz about the quarterback position. Last year, I think we could say it objectively now, a down year for the quarterback spot as far as first-round talent did. Of course, we saw Brock Purdy do what he did, and there were some great stories. This year, there's three or four guys who might be going in the top ten. The name we keep talking about the most, though, is Bryce Young. What's the latest you're hearing on Bryce Young and what he's going to be doing here
6: at the Combine? So Bryce Young is not going to throw. He's not going to work out. He's going to save all that until his pro day, which means the big curiosity here among clubs about Bryce Young is exactly how does he measure in? He was listed at Alabama as six-foot and 194 mm. pounds. From the scouts I've talked to, he's probably 5'11. And multiple scouts who went through the school in the fall told me they were told he's playing at 186. We've talked about short quarterbacks. Okay, we talked about Kyler Murray, he went number one. We talked about Baker Mayfield, not as short, but still shorter quarterback, yeah. still went number one. The question on Bryce Young is going to be he's not a big framed guy. This isn't a matter of can he put on weight, it's not a matter of height. It's can he hold up? You saw the statistics released by the competition committee Mm -hmm. earlier this week about the number of quarterback injuries, also the number of quarterback scrambles and the designed runs and all those different things. If you're Bryce Young and you were playing at Alabama behind five future NFL offensive linemen where you're barely touched the entire season, he still suffered an AC joint injury. Can you hold up? He's a remarkably talented player. By all accounts, he's a really good kid. They say he's an amazing kid. Everybody can't wait to talk to him. we'll see what he weighs in at, how he measures up here. And that's going to be a part of the conversation, even though, as we saw in those other cases, it's probably not the defining characteristic that's going to determine where he's So he's, he's not drafted. throwing
5: really quickly for the viewers at home. Saturday, who do we expect to throw? Who do we expect to see? C.J.
6: Stroud from Ohio State, he's going to throw. Will Levis from Kentucky, first time that he's thrown because he sat out the senior bowl to rest uh, that turf toe injury. And Anthony Richardson from Florida is going to throw as well. He's going to do all the different drills, which makes sense because when you're an athletic freak like yeah, Anthony Richardson you is, you it. probably want to put up crazy numbers and make everybody be talking about
5: yeah the Bryce Young question is real Jamie we've got an offensive lineman and two defensive backs there as well as yourself who covered Bryce Young firsthand so many games in the SEC when you were CBS's lead sideline reporter during the SEC college football days the Bryce Young question on his measurables is real what do you guys have to say back there at the table
2: oh we're going to unpack that a lot but yeah I can essentially confirm just from firsthand production meetings and interviews and whatnot Great guy. Great parents. Uh, has that California vibe to him. He's very easy to hang around. Great leader in the locker room. Um, it'll be interesting to see how those numbers come in. Speaking of, guys, alert, alert, alert. These are school measurements, okay? The quarterbacks have not arrived at the NFL <laughs> scouting combine just yet to put these numbers and make them, quote, unquote, official. Uh, but that number two spot, Bryce Young, let's stay there, six foot, According to Alabama, six feet tall, 194 pounds. There there have been things said that he played about 186. Um, Some people would say there's a tactic for him to drink a ton of water right before he goes in and gets weighed to get himself over 200 at the combine, but then lose it by the time he has to work out at Alabama's Pro Day in a couple weeks. But that's all inside baseball. The question becomes, do these numbers Matter when it comes to selecting Bryce Young as your quarterback, your height, his height, and his weight.
3: Yeah, of course they matter, and I think um, everyone's gonna kind of emphasize the height and you'll go to the Russell Wilsons to the Drew Brees. And you'll try to pick other short quarterbacks. I think more important than that is his weight, and I think at the quarterback position that some point you're going to get sacked. And I think the durability to be able to last 17 games can fall on his height and his weight of being able to take those hits. And I think for general managers, as you're making this decision, you do take this into consideration. And like Scott Pioli said earlier, you also turn the film on. You also interview this kid and you get a chance to really know him and get in the weeds of it. And I think those are the decisions you have to make. But everything you hear about this kid is he possesses all the intangibles to not only be a really good NFL quarterback, but just be an overall amazing player and leader inside of somebody's locker room. I've heard comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Drew Brees stuff, more athletic with a bigger arm, but just like him. So I think mean, you have to decide, all right, can this guy be good in spite of his height, in spite of his weight? Because you assume he's going to put on weight, but if he played at maybe 185, 186, you can't expect this guy to show up 5'11", 220 pounds. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. His frame's probably not built, but I do think uh Uh, The height and the weight do matter when you're making these decisions.
2: Well, and those numbers go against how Bryce Young likes to play, too. He can't carry around that weight and be as elusive as he wants to be as a quarterback. I just want to make sure everyone kind of... Puts it to scale. And it's easy to see the numbers on the screen and try to make a comparison mm-hmm. to who is built and stuff. I have a photo from when I covered Alabama. I, I played a game of pig with a couple of Alabama football players. Here we go. Now, according to Alabama's football website, Jameson Williams, the wide receiver now for the Lions, he was listed at six foot two, according to the Alabama website. Jordan Battle is a safety who I believe entered the draft class this year. He's listed at six foot one. And then there's Bryce Young on the right, and he's listed on the website at six feet, and I'm 5'7". Take that photo for what you will. I'm not saying anything, but there was also this comical photo of Mina Kimes in high heels that people were all stressed out about because they were looking at each other in the eye. She had to clarify that I'm not the same height as Bryce Young. I was wearing high heels. So we're all wearing basketball shoes in that picture. Some of us have a lean on going, but... Take that for what it's worth. That Jameson Williams on the Alabama website, 6 two, Jordan Battle, six-one. And Bryce Young was listed. The one
4: they gave a pig. pig. That's, That's what everybody yeah, wants to
1: yeah. know.
3: Exactly. I did. There you go. Shoot Shoot it off Shoot. They're not I here to defend themselves. Someone should ask Bryce Young. Show him the picture and ask who actually won that game. Of
2: he game. would. He would. I, if he remembers who I am, he would say <laughs> me.
7: <laughs> I,
3: I have a different approach. I don't care about the numbers. We always ask these players go out and compete. Bryce Young goes to Alabama. National champion, player of the year, Heisman Trophy winner. He did what he was supposed to do. He went out and dominated Drew Brees. I know j Max said he doesn't want to hear about Drew Brees, but I'm going to bring up Drew Brees. What did Drew Brees do? Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, 13 Pro Bowls, two-time offensive player of the year. I would say that's a pretty good career. Who's another guy, not a quarterback, but an undersized guy? London Fletcher, 5'10", 245 pounds. Who wants a linebacker that small, they say? What did he go on to do? Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowler. Another guy that I had the the chance to play with, Wes Walker, 5'8", 185. What did he do? Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro player. So these are all undersized guys who I'm sure around this time in their careers, they were like, you can't take this guy. He's too small. He's not going to be able to last. He's not going to be a durable linebacker. He's going to keep getting hurt. He's not going to be able to take a hit at receiver or at quarterback. These guys went on not only to play in the NFL, but to dominate in their era in the NFL. I say you watched Bryce Young all year. You watched him last year. He crushed the competition in the SEC playing against that Georgia defense who has a ton of players starring in the NFL right now.
4: And more to come. I'm taking Bryce Young, and I'm going to enjoy watching him for the next 15 years. Yeah, Dev, I love that you pointed out all those players that proved people wrong. Motivation is such a key. Two of them were undrafted. They didn't get drafted. Probably because of that. They price. didn't have the college career right. he had. Right. probably. And, and for those guys that got, went undrafted, it was because of somebody saying, yeah, you're not big enough, fast enough, strong enough. Uh, that adds to the motivation. So for Bryce Young, look, the, the, the combine, This is he knew this was going to happen. Like, you know what, I'm, uh, kudos to him for saying, hey, I'm still going to go measure. I wish he would throw. I think everybody wishes he would throw. But his pro day is going to be the more important thing. Any Any GM right now that wants a quarterback, they're looking at film. And they want, his, they want the interviews. They want the meetings. We want to talk to this young man. We want to know what kind of leader is he. Can he command a, a huddle? Can he, can he win a locker room? Before you win any game on the field, you've got to win your own locker room. And can he stand up and show us concepts? Does he understand different coverages? And so that is going to be more important than any other measurement that they do on Bryce Young. But I'm glad you brought up Drew Brees. Drew Brees, you know, vertically challenged as he may have been. His offense – Fit him so well. He's the only quarterback to throw for five thousand yards in a season five times. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, so do you need to be six four to play quarterback? No, Drew Brees has proved that. Russell Wilson's doing it. Um, Tom P talked about Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray both going number one overall. So it's not the size aspect of it, but you mentioned the durability aspect. Got, he's got to put on some weight because if you are going to play the way that Bryce did, he moves out of the pocket. The offense is now its quarterbacks on the run, rolling outside of the pocket, getting hit. Like, you've got to be able to sustain that. So your durability is a big factor in that. And I think him putting on some weight, just like Devontae Smith, when he came out, everybody said, oh, but he's a little bit slight in his frame. Devontae got a little bit stronger, and he was running through, dude. So I fully expect him to do the same thing. Uh, But I I think his pro day is going to be fun to watch because I think he's going to be motivated by all this talk. We went through the same stuff last year with Kenny Pickett. Everybody Mm -hmm. talked about his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't bothering anybody this season. Right.
2: If you're going to look at highlights for anybody, um, there's Kenny Pickett from last year when people were considering what the numbers mean for whatever, um, when they look at the charts. <laughs> it's such a fascinating conversation <laughs> about that. But if you wanna spend that any up for of the you time, again. But if you want to spend any of the time this week watching old tape, go to Bryce Young's game against Tennessee from this season. He was coming back from like a mild shoulder injury, and he got absolutely chased all over the field and crushed a lot, like roughing the passer-type hits, and he bounced back every time like a boxer coming off the mat. It was actually really impressive.
4: That's what we watched
3: for the last two years. He's done that. He's unbelievable. I'm excited to see him. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Peter, what do you think of of Rice Young and the size chatter?
5: He's a magician out there. I said it earlier in the show. He's Mm -hmm. Stephen Curry when he's on the field. And the fact of the matter is his size is real, and it's an issue. Um, An issue in that if he comes in at 5'10 or 5'11, it's really hard for you to say, that's an ideal quarterback that I can envision in the NFL, but just haven't seen that. And you can mention Breeze, and you can mention Kyler. Built a little bit differently, and Breeze is the most accurate passer of all time. Is that what we're saying? Bryce Young is. And even Breeze went in the second round. So to me, it, I'm really fascinated to see what he measures in that. And if a team takes him second overall, which is very likely, or first overall, if a team trades up with Chicago to do it, I won't be the slightest bit surprised. But I do know he has rare traits. Talking about a brilliant football mind and it's a winner and is a leader. And You get this guy in the room, I think you can overlook a lot of the stuff like the height and the size, but don't for a second think that it's not going to be a conversation in every single team with a top five pick and a quarterback need, especially when Anthony Richardson is coming in here 6'5", C.J. Stroud's coming in at 6'4", 225. It looks like they play a different position altogether when the guy comes in and he might be 5'11". So we'll see what he measures in at, and it's a conversation a lot of people will roll their eyes and say, I don't care. It matters. It does. And it's going to be a conversation in a lot of these front offices and coaching staffs over the next several months.
2: Peter, thank you. I know um, coaches and uh, executives from a lot of the teams are there, and they're about to start talking behind you, so we'll let you turn around and listen. Um, There's news, breaking news, that Will Selva is going to get to right now uh, coming out of Buffalo. What's going on with the Bills, Will?
7: That's right, Jamie. And guys, their D.C. Leslie Frazier has decided to take a year off of coaching in football that he is going to return in the following year, so a year off for him. Now, he has been the D.C. since 2017. He's been the assistant head coach since 2020. Now, under his guide as the D.C., the Bills have had multiple seasons where the defense ranked top five in the NFL. They've allowed an average of 20 points per game, 315 total yards per game, 202 passing yards per game, and have racked up 99 interceptions as well, so he certainly has made an impact on this defense. Again, he's been at D.C. since 2017 with the team ranking in defense in a lot of these categories in the top five, Jamie. So he is taking a year off, but does plan to return the following year.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better.
5: Welcome back to Good Morning Football. We're live here in Indianapolis. That is Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the NFL Draft Scouting Combine where 32 teams have descended upon this city to find the next great talent in the NFL, but to also help start, build their roster for the 2023 season and beyond. And one of our uh, most exciting teams of the NFL season in 2022 was this guy's squad. In his first year as general manager, let's welcome in Quasi Adolfo Menta. Congratulations on a great
1: first season, and welcome to Good Morning Football. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always a blessing, you know. I always uh, watched you guys when I was coming up, and it's always great to be here with you guys. Love that you're here. Uh, the season obviously doesn't
5: end in an ideal way, but getting to the playoffs, having that experience, when you kind of take yourself back now, a month removed, what do you look back on 2022? What was the big takeaway?
1: You know. As you said, I think establishing our culture and what is that? Those are the memories, those moments where when it got tight, things are going to go your way. And I think those things can't ever be replaced. You have to build them step-by-step, player-by-player, moment-by-moment. And so we got to do that 13 times, all the one-score games, showing up in the playoffs. Those young players that were a part of it that might not have been on the field saw what that outcome was, right? And that's so critical. And then it's just the bonding of the staff uh, with my personnel staff and the players, establishing what we built and how we're going to play. And I think it's real. It's genuine. Um, one of the coolest things about the season was um, at the exit place uh, at the exit interviews, a lot of players talked about how they could be themselves. And I always talk about my time in San Francisco and that being one of the best parts of it where I could just be myself and it allowed me to really grow and stretch myself. Uh, just be, people accept me for who I am, the little little different, little little out there, but I love this game, and we we want to be connected with all a bunch and of people and there's who love a real
5: authenticity with your quarterback, Kirk cousins. Uh, All accounts a great season for Cousins. Threw the ball for a lot of yards. The future of Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. If you were to be put in the pressure seat right now, what would you say about that?
1: You know, first and foremost, I want to appreciate, like you said, how great of a player he is. When you see him up close every day, he's one of the best pure throwers throws in the league I don't know that I'll be around another one uh, as good as him uh, stepped up in big moments you know critically when we needed it uh, made a lot of plays uh, we're just trying to find great solutions uh, solutions that fit our two year three year time horizon involving Kirk um, but ultimately our goal is to put together a championship team and if you think you can't meet that st- threshold you have to maybe look around and do something else but we want Kirk to be a part of that he's a great player and that's the first thing at that position that you start and need to build a championship team you
5: know first year coach first year GM win a division title, go to the playoffs. How have you and Kevin O'Connell come along
1: now that we're 12 months after both of you guys doing the opening welcoming press conferences in Minnesota? It's it's crazy to think how much life has passed by on this past year, but I, you know, you make a lot of decisions and there's a portfolio of decisions, some good, some bad. I know that's the best decision that I was a part of that we've that's made awesome. so far. He's, he's incredible. Um, I said in my opening press conference that I want to work for a head coach I would work with. His knowledge and understanding of personnel um, just you know, risk reward, all those different things, makes my job so much easier. Uh, He's somebody I I lean on all the time. Uh, We have a lot of couch sessions where we, you know, we lay each other's problems on each other. He is a He's somebody who's always going to be in my life, and I will always bet on him because I know that we have a championship-level coach. I know he will continue to establish a championship-level culture and bring in championship-level coaches.
5: And you brought in a new coach. Ryan Flores is the new defensive coordinator. Of course, we know him. We're familiar with his time with the Dolphins, with the Patriots. What have you seen from Coach Flo in your limited time,
1: obviously, being interacting with him since he's been hired? B-Flo, man, that's a, that's a special guy. Uh, right from the interview process you immediately see his, his football acumen and it's in that way that the great ones talk about where they're just they're not trying to impress you. They're just they're really sound and fundamental and make things simple to people who might not know what they're talking about. So that's the first thing you notice about him. And then I love his personnel background. So now we're in draft meetings and free agency meetings and you get personnel B flow. He kind of sits back in his chair and he's <laughs> he's he's so conversational in that way. It's and just the energy that he provides our building. We we did we didn't just need his football energy, we needed his, you know, his just on-field day-to-day energy that's gonna be great for our players. We got a lot of young players on that side of the ball. He's passionate about development, he's passionate about people. Uh, I think that was a home run higher and i'm so glad that we'll be able to work together
5: we have so many viewers at home who are fans of the game and say i'd love to get into football i'd love to someday you know be a general manager i draft a great fantasy team all this stuff and you say well never would happen your path is different than most of the general managers here you went to a great academic institution you went into uh, i would say wall street is that what you define it as for years and you made a life change you made a career change Take us through your path, even for if viewers have heard it before, but for those who haven't, how you ended up here as the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: I think, you know, if you connect the dots and all the things I did, yeah, I got to work on Wall Street where I was, uh, you know, uh Primarily a commodities trader, energy trader, uh, which you know was incredible, uh, and you know for all those people in New York who uh, I know and love, you know I appreciate you always. Uh, but the, the connection to all those jobs was just decision making, decision making under uncertainty, really having real-life ramifications of what you do. I'm and I'm that's my passion. I love it, um, and so I think that. Ultimately, at the end of the day, passion got me here. Passion and a love for decision making. So, you know, when I got to the 49ers, they just wanted somebody who was going to help them build out their quantitative, you know, infrastructure. So, you're you're at a
5: desk in Wall Street selling or trading commodities, and then you say, hey, I'm actually considering. There, I want to drop it all. There is a bridge. There is right? a bridge, Someone right. from the Niners. Yeah. No,
1: no. So I went to grad school first. I, I was going to go become an econ professor, wear a tweed jacket and glasses, and, <laughs> and talk to the, this, the next generation of uh, kids. Um, I'm passionate about economics from the decision making uh, standpoint, and then in that process, I, you know, I learned a lot about decision science and all these different things. And I was like, I still have a little. It left in me, yeah. a little dog left me It needs to get out. I want to go be a part of a team sport. Uh, the 49ers' uh, opportunity came, and I'm so fortunate. I'll always be fortunate to Prague, Brian Hampton, all those guys, uh, for taking a chance on a, a young, lanky, you know, <laughs> just... Passionate dude, and, and, and obviously, it ended up here.
5: Ended up here and in a great place, and the Vikings are in great hands. Dude, thank you so much for joining Good Morning Football. You're going to be talking to the local I media? I am. I was easy on the cousins' questions. Get ready for a dozen of them uh, right up here. Man.
1: You know what? I know they're just trying to talk to our fans, and I, and I want to communicate to our fans as well, so happy to do it.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired,
1: but as soon as you reach for
0: the Irish Spring, Welcome
4: back to Good Morning Football. We've got a very special guest joining us right now at the breakfast table, uh, one of my good friends, and he's got every moniker you can possibly have in the NFL. Two, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, Walter Payne, man of the year, four-time Pro Bowler, mm. New York Giants legend. He's mm. in the ring of honor. But my favorite moniker of all is Miss Chicken Fried Steak from when he hosts it Saturday Night Live. Welcome, Eli Manning. <laughs> Eli.
8: Let's go. Thank you. Thank you, Shawnee. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Glad to uh, be on. Nice to see you. <laughs>
4: Yeah, good to see you, man. I, I know you're weathering this snow day right now and, and, and the kids are, are, are ready to pound down the door, but uh, we, we've we got to talk a little bit about our G-Men first, all right? Listen, I know uh, last couple of years since you left, uh, things have been a little different, a little difficult for Giants fans. You and I have kind of been like Giants therapists for all the fans. <laughs> this year, things change. So I just want to talk about our G-Men right now. Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they're collecting all kinds of hardware and awards this offseason, but... What did you feel like was a huge difference this year with Brian Dable?
8: Well, I think for for whatever reason, he he just uh, instilled a lot of confidence in the team, and they were able to win some of those fourth quarter games. And they seemed to lose, uh, you know, every time whether they were down a score or up, you know, one score, they'd find a way to lose it. Where this this year, you know, if they were down in the fourth quarter, they they were able to come back. They were able to hold on some uh, to some leads. They lost it for a little bit in the middle of the season, but they got it back towards the end and and won some big games to clinch a playoff spot and to win a playoff game. So uh, as we all know, these NFL games, so many of them come down to those last possessions of the fourth quarter. And can you play your best football in those moments? And the Giants were getting that this year.
3: Yeah, and it seemed like one of the keys for this staff was putting a trust in Daniel Jones and telling him, like, hey, we believe in you. And he was one of the keys to this turnaround for this team this year. Um, and it looks like he might continue to do that. You know, Eli, what do you like about his game that you're saying, you know what? Keep Daniel Jones there. He's going to make himself better and he's going to make this team better.
8: Well, I mean, I look at it this year and you know, I've seen Daniel first firsthand. I talked to him. You know, pretty frequently, and the guy is committed. He works his tail off. He'll do anything the coaches ask him to do. They want him to run twenty times in a game; he'll do it. They want him to throw it; you know, he'll he'll do it. He's done a good job of fixing some of the mistakes over the years and the turnovers. Um, You know, he's conscious of it. He works at it. He's a true professional and all those uh, all those things. And so, um, you know, I think this is a guy who's just going to continue to get better, continue to grow within this offense. You got to look at some of the, you know, not the, not the, uh, you know, put down some of his playmakers. But a lot of these guys were kind of unknown guys at receivers, at tight end, and they're able to score points and be productive and get the most out of all those guys. But you add a few more playmakers around him, um, you know, guys that can, you know, truly win some of those one-on-one matchups on the outside. Uh, I think it'll just it'll make him make him better. It'll open up run games for hopefully Saquon, you know, coming back, and it'll just make the whole offense uh, even more productive.
3: Yeah, Daniel Jones has has been really improved this past season, and hopefully, he goes on to stay the Giants and become a giant legend. And I think if he's able to do so, Eli, I have to ask you. It's part of being a great giant that you get a quarter zip sweater and he can now take a picture (laughs) next to you and Sean, and now you have Daniel (laughs) Jones. Uh, Do the Giants give out (laughs) these quarter zips, or is this like you guys heading to like a nice department store (laughs) to buy them yourself?
8: Yeah, you know, once you you play your sixth year, we give you the contact information (laughs) of the guy, of the quarter zip guy. So you got to get to that sixth year. So usually – you know, you got to kind of get to that second contract of some sort, and then you kind of are welcomed into the club. Um, it's hard to get yeah. to, but uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, you get a pretty good, pretty good rate on it, and uh, you know. So I think it's uh, that, that's what we're hoping for. Saquon can get some, also, and uh, that, that's the game plan.
4: Yeah, you get a chain with it too with the six year. Uh, I think that's new meaning that
6: to vested veterans. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Uh, I can go. see. I can envision. I can envision Saquon in the uh, quarters. that Saquon, Chad Powers, Eli Manning, and uh, Sean yeah, O'Hara. Yes. But let's let's talk uh, a little bit of Super Bowls. Uh, Eli, you got of them, and I want to know oh. which one was more enjoyable. The one you got to win alongside your buddy Sean O'Hara, or the one where you beat somebody else sitting at the table where Devin McCourty and that second one was on the other side, and you were dicing him up to go on to your second. Thanks, Super Bowl. brother.
0: Thanks.
8: <laughs> yeah, that's what it, I, I mean, I love the brotherly loves slash, you know, shots fired. I'm, I'm used to that and, <laughs> and appreciate that. Uh, you know, I always say hey, Super, Super Bowl's are like your kids you know you don't you don't have favorites or at least you don't tell people that you have favorites um but you know it's it, both of them are special I think the first one just because it was such an unknown you didn't know what the heck we were doing we weren't even supposed to make the playoffs that year and all of a sudden we're going against maybe the you know a team that if we if they would have beat us would it go down as the greatest team maybe in the history of football at least they'd have an arguing point to say that they can't say that now Tom Brady still hates me because of that, but that's all right. The second one, I feel like it was uh, a little bit better you know, played game. We were a better team. We were better all throughout the season, strong on offense. And, um, you know, that two-minute drive was a little bit, uh, I would say, um, you know, we executed a little bit better. We didn't have to have any catches off helmets. It's kind of crazy plays. It was just a, a smoother execution uh, right down the field.
2: Eli, let's talk uh, the combine. Uh, Everyone's descending on Indianapolis. I know your family does a ton of work with the young quarterbacks in the game at the Manning Passing Academy. And over the years, you've gotten to know a potential number one pick and Alabama quarterback who also, unfortunately, I'm sorry, sliced up Ole Miss a couple times. Uh, What do you think about Bryce Young and the games that you saw unfold for him in college and how it translates to the pros? I had to do it.
0: I'm sorry.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think Bryce has got all the tools. He's he's very confident back there. Just, you know, feels like he's got great control uh, of the offense. Can make all the throws uh can move around in the pocket by time he's not looking to run necessarily a lot but just extending plays and you see you know a lot of the great quarterbacks that's what they do the aaron Rodgers, the mahomes uh the josh allen's they extend plays they move around uh they kind of get guys open you know especially in the red zone where they're moving around um, that's you know that's how a lot of touchdowns and big plays are made in the nfl kind of when you get off script and so i think he has that ability but He also knows his offense, gets the ball out on time, going through the right progressions. So I think this is a guy – there's a reason he's had so much success since his freshman year at Alabama. He works hard, uh, stays very calm and cool under pressure, doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. I think he's got a a really bright future ahead of him.
4: Eli, we appreciate you taking some time uh, to to hang out with us and chat with us. But we got to get down to brass tacks right now, all right? Listen, your second career has been – even better than your first career right now. You're all over the place on TV, every single channel, every single platform. But I want to talk about one specific show. You've been raking in the hardware. Um, You've kind of been able to come out of your shell a little bit, show a different side of yourself. Um, I'm not talking about the Manning cast with with Peyton. I'm talking about the Eli Manning show presented by Panini Prism. It's on the Giants' YouTube channel Season two already has 50 million views so far. You've got an excellent co-host with this show. And you recently did a show with superstar actor Michael B. Jordan. What happened in in that show? What did you get to do?
8: Well, you know, Michael B. said he would come on the show. And one of his first deals, he's like, I'll only come on if I get to dress up full Giants gear and go and run some routes on the field. And we're like, yeah, that's perfect. I was like, all right, we'll get Sean down at center, get him back where he belongs, you know, get this hand in the dirt, snap in, get my hands under center, no shotgun, we're going under center. And he wanted to recreate one of the plays, Uh, the great plays, maybe the Manningham, maybe the Tyree, he went with the OBJ, um, you know, one-handed catch in the end zone. So the, the most impressive part about this whole deal, one take. One take under center. We didn't fumble the snap. A little play action. I told him to sell the out. Truly, is an out and up. Odell did not sell the out very much. That's why he was somewhat covered. Um, and it made it a little different, you know, a more difficult catch than it had to be. But Michael, uh, he uh, he sold the out, went down, you know, timed up the jump with the mat. Got two hands on it. Caught it first time. We cut down the shoot. That was it. Walked out, dropped the mic, and left. So he, he was awesome he was excited he, you know grew up a giants fan uh, to go full full gear get his own jersey be in the locker room <laughs> go run a few routes and and recreate the uh, the odell catch in the end zone was was special for him and made for a fun day
2: Eli, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we uh, had a last question, which was, how do you get Sean O'Hara to shorten the length of time on his questions? I know as a co-host, you feel that pain sometimes, but we'll have to ask you that at another time. You come on Good Morning Football.
8: Ah, oh, shoot, <laughs> I had, a, had a good answer thank you. for
2: that. I, I know, <laughs> dang it. couldn't get to it.
0: <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,